0: Welcome back to another episode of the Great Heavy Music Podcast. With us today, we are honored to have John Yelland, the voice of reason and the beautiful voice of power behind the amazing, I think, artist, band, Judicator. John, please say hello. Hello.
1: Wonderful to be here. Thank you so much, guys.
0: And with me, of course, is that piece of shit, Phil. Hey, Phil, say hi.
2: Hey, uh, what was that?
0: Oh, nothing. I just said I missed you a lot and I really think you look great today. Thanks, man. Good, good, good. Hey, uh, all joking aside, John, thank you so much for joining us. I know this has been a a wild year and you guys put out a new album that uh, really struck me pretty quickly here. I I love it. And uh, I want to dive into that a little bit. And we also want to talk about what's going on in 2020. But just, you know, let the listeners know how are you feeling? How are you holding up? How is life treating you with this? COVID situation? Are you still able to work and make a living? Is the band still healthy and strong? Is everything going well for you guys? The
1: band seems to be doing uh, just fine. Um, We haven't really suffered um, any setbacks. As far as me personally, I'm working at home. I actually feel rather uh, fortunate because living in Utah, it's a little more out of the way. Uh, As far as coronavirus is concerned, I don't think we got hit as hard as the coastal areas so yes we've taken it seriously and masking up and um lockdown and all that kind of thing within reason but like there's not been it it hasn't hit us as hard so I feel pretty fortunate um and I I feel kind of bad because I know some of my friends in California especially they've had to lock down a lot harder and uh it from what I've gathered there's been a lot of loneliness and so that that kind of hurts me to hear that some people i know and care about and love are uh locked down and you know (laughs) suffering from uh, loneliness and it seems depression's coming back for a lot of people so anywho
0: well it's good that you're doing something like this to give people new material to listen to and give an opportunity to get more insight because i think there's been a huge spike in podcast listenership and TV viewers or Netflix viewership and on-demand stuff. There's just a big push for that stuff now. So I think it's great that you're giving us your time today and we're, we're appreciative of it. And also people can, you know, without having to go to a record store any longer, they can stream and download music and and buy it off the the web. So, you know, they can also get an opportunity to cheer up a little bit by listening to great albums like your guys' 2020 release. So, um, I want to get into that a little bit and just kind of get an idea from you. When you were putting together this album, did you know that it was going to be released during this? Like, were you putting the finishing touches on after March and the kind of the big push for COVID, or was this something you guys had already are, almost had in the bag by the time you released it?
1: Uh, we were due to turn the album into prosthetic before the end of uh, 2019. So, what was coronavirus? really started to get traction in january i think we we coronavirus covid it wasn't a wasn't a factor in our release um because the album was done before it really started uh poking
0: its head up in the u.s it's it's called let there be nothing it's a return back to your guys kind of style of historical mixture of reality and a little bit of Uh, embellishment, which I think is super cool. What gave you the idea for this particular subject matter?
1: Um, I'd always been fascinated with the Eastern Roman or Byzantine Empire and Emperor Justinian in particular. He got the Black Plague and survived. And uh, the dynamics between him and his wife, Theodora, is really fascinating. And that time period in general is really fascinating because we think the Roman Empire ended in the 400s, And that's partially true because the Western Roman Empire did fall, but it continued to survive in the East. And so I I just have always been really fascinated by Emperor Justinian because he's the last Roman Emperor who really tried to restore the entire Roman Empire. And he kind of succeeded. He got the Italian peninsula, most of it, uh, North Africa, even a bit of Spain. And so it's just really... A really fascinating and sort of optimistic character which uh, uh, connects with me being such an optimist but the album isn't about justinian it's about belisarius and the reason that came about is in my research of emperor justinian belisarius kept poking up during the nika revolts and uh, during the campaigns to retake northern africa and the italian peninsula and when he gets shipped back to Syria in the Battle of Dara. Sorry, a lot of this may be <laughs> over people's heads, but suffice it to say, like, every time uh, I went to look at Justinian, Belisarius poked his head up. And uh, it was just really fascinating, because the more I learned about Belisarius, the more I saw, no, this is where the story needs to be. Because, of course, he had uh, his conflicts with Justinian and Theodora, but also his wife and godson, who if you're familiar with the uh, the story of Let There Be Nothing, this album, his uh, wife cheats on him with their godson. And the interesting thing about that is in Christianity, when you are related to somebody through like a godparent um, relationship... Um, Basically, it's kind of incestuous (laughs) if you're related by, you know, spiritual adoption or whatever. So there's this... It's not only gross because she's cheating on him, but it's also, you know, they both have a godson, so that's kind of doubly gross as far as, like, the the cultural standards go. But uh, it just is a really fascinating morality play. And being somebody who takes being a good person uh, very seriously uh, and being somebody who's struggled with that, um, I just found this to be a very compelling morality play.
0: Super interesting. You know, in in subject matter, but for, for I think the more layperson listener, I was fascinated when I heard Tony tell us on our earlier interview about at the expense of Humanity's out the uh, 2015 release at the expense of Humanity that you guys recorded that separate and at a distance, which I just found incredible. I think when he told me I had to do like a double take, I said, "What do you mean that you record the music, you know, in absentia and then you just pass it over to John and he puts these amazing <laughs> lyrics and and vocals to this stuff? That's incredible." And you know, as I thought about this COVID situation and you guys releasing this album, I'm thinking to myself, these guys need to start a little rock star, metal star coaching company where you teach bandmates how to do this stuff at a distance because it's like, I could imagine you guys are probably recording new stuff as though this never happened, basically. I mean, I, tell me if I'm wrong.
1: Kind of. Um, yeah, we're already um, maybe close to halfway done writing the next album. Um, but, uh, wow. yeah, I we've been very fortunate because, and Tony's invested a... Uh, put a lot of trust in me. Like if I, uh, not to like toot my own horn, but it's like, if I wasn't, uh, it, it, it could have gone wrong in so many ways if he put that level of trust in the wrong person. Um, and I think what makes that, um, what made that really easy is this started out as like a very low pressure project. It was something that was like, hey, on the side, let's record this album. And, yeah, I mean, to uh, what you were saying about us recording this stuff more or less on our own, um, we had to learn a lot. <laughs> and you can see the growth in that learning because, you know, the, our first two albums, were very proud of them. But um, you can definitely tell that we, uh, you know, the production quality isn't up to professional standards. It was basically a garage band project. Um, and then with that, the expense of humanity, that's where we started to get a lot of, um, it's sort of where all of that skill had culminated and we had gotten the right contacts and this and that. And, uh, we finally produced a professional sounding record, (laughs) but yeah, um, we're doing just fine as far as, uh,
0: recording goes now. It's incredible to me that you guys are able to do this. So the way he described it on our last interview was that basically... You got, and, and tell me if this is true of Let There Be Nothing. You basically, you, you get the music delivered to you and you just take it from there. It's, it's, it's strictly instrumental and then you craft everything, whether it's the track placement, uh, the, the layout of the vocals, everything is just your clay to mold as you see fit.
1: Yeah, and that's where as a, a very enthusiastic lyricist and somebody who's fascinated with storytelling... Uh, I'm extraordinarily fortunate that Tony and I have had and that we're both happy with this kind of uh, working relationship. Um, Because, yeah, uh, he will have the album pretty much done, if not completely done. And he says, hey, what do you think about this? Do you want to do this for the album? And usually I say, hell yeah, brother. And uh, then I will usually ingest the album, the music and get a feel for what the album needs to be about in general terms. And that's where I was telling you earlier with that the expense of humanity. It's not like we set out to record an album about my experience with my brother dying of cancer. That wasn't even on the table. It's just I that that music is so somber and bleak. And I went through one album Concept idea, it didn't quite work. I went through another, it's good, but it's not quite there. And then I just had the idea to make at the expense of humanity about that. And the rest is history. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it just comes down to ingesting the album, finding out what kind of concept or thematic material would work best with this, uh, with this music, and then putting it all together into uh, an actual story. And yeah, uh, sometimes Tony will have a specific idea of what needs to happen in the music as far as a track listing goes. Like, for example, Sleepy Plesso. uh, It opens with Sleepy Plesso and then The Elector, and then it ends with uh, When Crowns Are Shattered in Sans Souci. And it's it's like a, a bookmark, bookend, I think is what you call it. So sometimes he's like... Track one, two, and nine and 10, for example, those need to stay where they are, but if you need to rearrange anything, then uh, have at it. And that's helpful because um, Tony is 100% capable of crafting a a wonderful album, a perfect album, but uh, given that I'm handling the lyrics and the story, sometimes it behooves the album for me to rearrange songs to fit the flow um, So I'm also fortunate that he's, uh, been all right with me, you know, messing around with the song order sometimes.
2: Was that like his idea? I mean, whose idea was it to approach making albums like that? Was it kind of a mutual, like, hey, let's I'll, I'll make this and you make that and we'll just kind of combine it?
1: That's a good question uh, because when we decided to start this project together, um he already had the album King of Rome written, I think. And so I think he was just like, if you have any ideas, go for it. And I was really into the movie Waterloo at the time and Empire Total War. And so I was like, Napoleon, hell yeah, dude. And uh, he liked the idea of us making just concept albums. And... So that's what we decided to do. I think it was a uh, pretty much a, a mutual deci- decision. Yeah. I think we were both on board.
0: Since you've been kind of cooped up in the house a little bit because of everything, have you been monitoring the reviews of this album? Have you been kind of tracking what people are saying about it and the feedback you're getting?
1: Yeah, um, and that is where I'm pretty happy because not everybody, you know, uh, is in love with it. Because it is, I mean, so some of the constructive criticism is that, like, it's a little bit hard to get into. Uh, There's been a few qualms with the uh, production. Um, But basically, like, the whole thing with Let There Be Nothing is, yeah, this is not an entry-level album, I suppose. Because there are so many long, uh, big songs. And uh, the production value, we also... The production value is fine. It's just we wanted to have a more organic sounding album like I don't know like something like Visigoth you know um, but by and large I've been very happy because these these two points I brought up are things I was a little bit nervous about um, I didn't know if people would be receptive and yeah you've got some people who you know by and large though I'm super happy because the majority of people seem to have really taken to it so I feel validated <laughs> yeah
0: w- one of these so- a s- oh, yeah, go was, ahead phil go ahead
2: i was saying, if there's a song that you're going to point to you know i know you say a lot of the songs are longer but if there's something that you're gonna make as like a single for lack of a better term not that you approach it that way what would you, which song would you pick to go hey give this album a, give this album a try you should you know if you like this there's plenty more
0: that came from uh
1: for me i would i, put, I would put gloria first um and then as far I'll as cue sing- that,
0: i'll cue that up right now for you. i'm gonna for you everybody go. listening i'm gonna play gloria right now underneath
1: gloria um and then followed by that i would maybe say autumn of souls
2: okay of course i like tomorrow's sun a lot too that's a great song say what i like the um second track that you have on there That, mm. that thing jumps out like crazy to me.
1: yeah that one was interesting i think that's the first time we've used blast beats i could be wrong but i think so
2: oh wow I, that's pretty cool i didn't know that was a what made you guys... Th- Ugh, that's pretty neat. Well, I wonder. What- I really would love to figure out what went into deciding to use Blast Beats there. You know what I mean? It's pretty wild.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just such a F.U. kind of attitude song. <laughs>
0: right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, the, the, that's the, that's one of the cool. reasons I asked you about the reviews is... Phil and I have many times before mentioned angrymetalguy.com is one of these websites that we frequent and we love and, and respect those guys but sometimes you get some total bullshit review where you're like this is trash it, it just doesn't make sense the person didn't see it the way that I saw it but uh, I really appreciated their review of this one and I kind of you know respected the the at least the the statements made because there was a lot of very positive well thought uh, out well constructed statements about it and it was very gushing and i was like man i'm really glad to see this because it is definitely not the quote unquote typical mindless you know just kind of bang your head metal album this is like you got to really dive into th- it's a very intellectuals uh type album and i i love that they gave it the time and respect to be supportive of it so uh, shout out to Holden. I was the guy who let the review on angry metal shout out to him so did you see that one
1: yeah I um, being the insecure uh, nervous wreck that I am I, I stalk all of the reviews that we get <laughs> but uh yeah like I've I mean maybe I was being too hard on myself earlier ourselves earlier but um, really the, the response has been overwhelmingly really positive and you know we took some risks on this album both like songwriting structure wise and production wise and it paid off i think um and it's super validating like you said like with uh angry metal guy and uh, some of these other larger um uh, publications that we've gotten reviews from um i'm not expecting that like this is the album of the year 10 out of 10 but uh i really appreciate that the album has been given a fair and nuanced shake um because really like both from Tony, Jordan, Michael, me, like, all of our uh, sides combined, like, we put a lot of effort into this album. Um, and, like, you you alluded to, like, uh, Judicator, the thinking man's metal. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to come off as pretentious or anything, but, you know, we, as the lyricist, I really care about this not just being, like, Raise your swords and slay the dragon. I love that stuff. Um, And I love, like, heavy metal, hell yeah. But (laughs) I don't know, man. I mean, I I only get to uh, write lyrics. I only get to create a story, like, once every two, three years or so. Like, it's not like I get to do this all the time. So if I'm going to be devoting so much of my time and energy to something... I want it to be a reflection of something bigger, whether it's uh, the the political landscape or my emotional, personal landscape. Uh, you know, The Last Emperor and At the Expense of Humanity, uh, respectively. But um, if you're going to put so much time into something, it has to mean something. And, of course, you know, if you're releasing, like, Stereotypical power metal, or something that means something too, because that's uh, that's escapism, that's a big part of what metal is to begin with. You want to listen to it to take yourself away from the dark, heavy stuff, but uh, I think we just acknowledge our role in the greater metal landscape. That there's a place for heavy metal, hell yeah, dragons and fire and swords, but there's also a place for. Damn, dude, cancer sucks. Hey, history is really interesting, you know? So, right.
0: Yeah. Totally. So, and, and like you said, just give me a fair shake. That's all I'm asking. Give me a fair shake, and that's totally cool. If, if you don't care for it, explain to me why, but give it a fair and honest shake. Yeah. And I think when people do that, they're going to come away thinking, I really can't be that critical. It's a great album. I, I, I don't have as nuanced and brilliant uh, metal approach that a lot of people do. I've, I've joked... Uh, with your bandmate Tony, you know I'm a lawyer in my day job, so I'm all brain and no brawn. And <laughs> w- w- when you know I do, I do the idiot test. Like I listen to an album, and if in the next two or three weeks I find myself humming something from that album, I think, well, you know what? There's probably something there that I really like. That I go back and I listen to it, and that's when I really dive into it. And this song, Gloria, the way you do that. I don't even want to impersonate it, but the uh, Ah, the huh, that that stuck with me immediately. I was like, man, I got to go back and hear that again. I just have to because I need to know, you know, how and I need to know more about it. Like I just kind of digested on the first blush and then I need to go back and, and really soak into it and understand how did he pull that off with such seamlessness having not heard the music until like. It just gets delivered to you. I think that's so fascinating. I can't get over it really, that you just sit down and listen to these songs and then you think the idea to to sing it that way. I just I I wonder if you believe that everyone who's really a musician could do it, or if you think you have something really rare there. Cause I'm betting it's the latter. Um
1: first off, I think I would chalk that up. I would chalk part of it up to Tony's skill as a songwriter. Um, because he can, he can write pretty much anything he puts his mind to. Um, but sometimes he makes it so easy to come up with these really neat parts. Like I don't know if he had or has ideas for vocal parts when he writes this stuff. Um, but he just makes it really easy to, for this stuff to come out. Um, second of all, I would say with this album, especially, um, I was in a band with, uh, my best friend, Austin Bentley, a band called dysphoria, and he's gone on to do things. He's in a band called Fervence now and machines of man, but, uh, we want to hang out. We want to be bros. And he is really into, uh, audio production and stuff. So I ended up recording the vocals. For Let There Be Nothing with Austin. And this was a terrific idea because he is cut from a more different cloth as far as like the kind of music that we listen to. So with this album, I, I had the idea. I wanted that Gloria, do 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 do, Gloria, ah, ah. But working with Austin was awesome because he threw ideas out that I wouldn't have normally thought of. Um, and the two examples are the harmonies for that, ah, um, and the, the, the vocal work on the way of the pilgrim, it, it almost sounds like something ghost would write, you know, what a fun, like that, that middle interlude section is just so saturated with these mm, spooky vocals. I love it. I'm pulling uh, it
0: up now for our listeners.
1: Yeah.
2: But I I think that speaks to the idea that like. Regardless of how, maybe, esoteric it feels like the lyrical content can be, if it's catchy, man, it doesn't matter. People are going to listen to it. Yeah. Like it, you know? Well, so. that,
1: I got to say, too, like, um, you know, Blind Guardian released A Night at the Opera, and that was this big, big album. And then after that, they, like, stripped, stripped it down, and they said uh, a twist in the myth. Much more straightforward, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, all of this is to say that, like, we are going the, the next album we're working on right now it's looking like it's going to be oh there's so much there's it's going to be i i think it might be our best album yet nice but, nice but we're we're finding a very awesome mix between technicality and catchiness we only have guitar pros for these songs so far and I still find myself like doo 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 like they're so catchy I'm so excited for the next album
0: Awesome awesome that's that awesome. That, that's what hooks me and I'm telling you it could be a song like uh, well, I can't remember if I know the exact name of the, the song but there's a Swedish brutal metal band called Lech, LIK L I K and they have a song they have a song I think called Carnage but it's about brutal rape and murder which is not you know the most positive thing in the world but if it's if but if it's catchy i'll sing it and it's like you know i'm singing these horrendous lyrics to myself that are just unbelievably vile but gosh if you package them into something (sighs) catchy i'll sing them (laughs) there's a god help
1: us there's a a cannibal corpse song that i've always wanted to do a power metal cover of uh, stripped, raped, and strangled—like horrible, terrible lyrics. But right. It's right. that did it, do it, doo doo, doo doo, doo doo, doo. <somnia> right. It's like if that would be such a cool power metal song. Oh my gosh!
0: Make it a bonus track on the new album, man. Since you're going to be <laughs> such a variety, I, yeah, I think would that would probably to. be a huge hit. Well, yeah. I hey, I want to. I want to. Public. What's that, Phil?
2: Definitely don't sing the lyrics out loud in public. <laughs> right. right <laughs> exactly. Oh my god.
0: You get that song stuck in your head as you're entering the church doors. It's like, oh, God. Oh, geez. Yeah. on
2: subway and everyone's like, all
0: right. Right. John, I, I wanted to ask you a question, going back to what you said a little bit ago about being part of the metal landscape and you kind of see where you guys fit in, like you jokingly yeah. said, the Thinking the thinking Man's Metal. Are you being at home and kind of having some more time on your hands? Are you f- tracking the or following the 2020 metal release landscape? Do you have anything that come out this year that you're kind of really happy with from other artists? Because I know one of the best parts of this Forum is our listeners get to hear what you listen to, I think, which is really neat.
1: Yeah, um, the two things that have stuck out to me the most have been Haken's new release and uh, Unleash the Archers.
0: Unleash it's the Archers very are very buddies hard. of our show. We've had Brittany on before. What a great yeah, band. Yeah, she's great. Now, how, how about uh, Thalassic? That one stuck with me pretty hard from Encyphorum. Have you had a chance I, to check it out? I haven't heard that yet. I, I've, I'm I was sorry to say... Before, I was telling Phil before we started recording that uh, so far my top five this year are your guys' release, Unleash the Archer's Abyss, Thalassic by Enciferum, and uh, two more that I want to surprise Phil with later in the year, but you guys Ooh. are up there in the top five as far as I'm concerned, brother.
1: We'll see. We'll see if we can uh, hold our place in the top five. I'll have to check out Thalassic then, because I like Ensiferum. They're really good, but I haven't heard them in a while
0: we were moshing to them on the most recent 70,000 tons of metal cruise this past Ooh. year. Uh, so it was just way too much fun. Great to see those guys live and they put out a hell of a record. So definitely check that one out. Yeah, I believe um, it. So now one other thing I've said to Phil about this coronavirus situation is I said, mark my words, 2021 is going to be the <laughs> world's greatest year <laughs> of metal and music because everybody's probably in recording mode right now yeah. Big be- because they can't tour. So are do you uh, do I have support in that idea from you?
1: Um yeah, I am very not only with music but with movies too. Like I've noticed a lot of I mean we have the new Bill and Ted movie and there was that uh, Pleasure Island movie. Like all of these movies are like going straight to uh streaming. Although movie theaters are starting to open up where we are now. But uh
2: yeah, they yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, I, I would be very curious. I don't know that I would place bets, but I would say I'm very curious to see because that's a very strong hypothesis you have there. Um,
2: okay, so we, we have you down for $500. $500. <laughs> <laughs> Based purely
0: on the most subjective thing ever, which is it will be the best year for metal as characterized by Phil Collins. Yeah. So,
2: uh, no way to measure anything.
0: We take PayPal and we also can do a Zelle, so that's fine. Uh no but since but seriously since you know people are in bands are really out of the touring thing or they're doing virtual live songs and things of that nature are you guys getting super antsy to start touring again in 2021 2022 or are you kind of I mean how are you taking it all
1: We we were uh we had a little bit of trouble meeting our deadline to turn in let there be nothing to prosthetic so it's a like very high priority for us to not just turn in the next album on time, but a little bit early. So the top of our list right now is to finish writing the next album and then uh, record it and get it ready. And then all of us get together and do some music videos, pictures, that kind of thing. And then in 2021, if we get... Um, some opportunities, if we get a festival opportunity or something. I don't know that we would tour in 2021. I'm kind of skeptical. I I don't know. Like, I've heard that there may be a uh, coronavirus vaccine as early as uh, November. I've heard February. I don't know. But just based on the way things have gone, and unfortunately, due to how politicized uh, the virus and everything surrounding it has become... I just, I'm not optimistic that the live industry is going to get back on its feet, like lickety split. So what we really want to do, like if we had a plan, it's complete the next album, make it the best album we can absolutely do. And then if we get any opportunities uh, to do festivals or maybe a small tour or something, but... We would, we would consider that, but we don't want to be taken away from producing the album. But 2022 is when we really want to, if everything goes like optimum, we want to try to shoot for Europe for nice. our first time. And if that's not feasible, uh, we have puzzle pieces that are starting to come together that would allow us to tour uh, more frequently. And so... Uh, something that's been on the uh, the bucket list for a while is to do a Judicator Helion Prime tour. So 2022, I think, is a pretty safe bet. So if we can't do Europe, then we would really like to still do some heavier touring in 2022.
0: Man, I think you guys would be super well-received on a European tour.
1: I think so, too. It's interesting following the Spotify-like analytics uh, following our release because we have the most listeners in the U.S., but our German readers or our German audience just went, <whistles> we have uh, like a quarter or it's, it's a lot of German listeners now, but we also have a lot of Russians and Finns and we have a small but very vocal Greek following now. So
0: very cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's
1: interesting to follow the analytics.
0: Well, I've put for the last couple of years I've been putting your guys' names on the seventy thousand tons of metal crews of Oof. people I want to see most brought onto the boat. So please, please keep doing that. <laughs> I, I, I would love to see awesome to I, I would love to see you guys on there in years to come. I don't know what they're gonna do this year because of the COVID situation, if it's even gonna go off, but but I'm keeping my fingers crossed every day. Us two. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Phil, we're, we're getting close to the end here. I know he's got to get going pretty soon, but do you have any questions? I know I've been chewing up the airspace, but I find this guy fascinating. I think his whole band's amazing.
2: I know. I feel like, God, it so much I want to ask you about, even just history, because I've read this book called uh, Great Arab Conquests, or a lot of it, mm. and it was about the Sassanid em- Empire versus the Byzantines and the proxies they were using and how that uh, the mutual destruction kind of paved the way for the rise of Islam yeah. and the spread of it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really neat. Um and I, I, I hate that because I never I can never remember anybody's name involved. That's my thing. I'm like, oh, I just know these people. There was this guy, but um, uh, I was wondering if you had any plans to write anything about that, maybe the uh, the Russian Caliphate or something like that, some kind of.
1: It's funny that you bring that up because wow. we're sort of at, we're sort of at a crossroads. I, I will what I will say is the the emperor that you're talking about is probably probably Heraclius because he's the em, yeah, the, the Byzantine yeah. emperor who was. Uh, Leading the the Romans at the time of that that big war between the Byzantines and the Sassanids, and they pretty much wiped each other out. But I think the Romans won. But then after that, yes, the uh, the the Muslims came in, and because they had the Sassanids and Byzantines had wiped each other out, it was easy pickings for the the invading Caliphate to uh, come in and take the Levant and Syria, and it was. That that has that been on our like short list of historical topics. I also think uh, the American West. Uh, where, where are you guys?
2: Oh
1: yeah, I'm in Florida we're, and he's in time. Maryland. Okay, so yeah. the American West is deep and dear to my heart, um, and so I don't know exactly what we would do, but the American West is a topic in general that I would love to have an album about. We had the idea of. Doing an album, it it wouldn't be like a traditional concept album like we've been doing, but we had the idea of doing like an anthology or something. Like if we had 10 songs, it would be 10 songs and each one would be about a different American folk tale or something. Oh, cool. Um,
2: That's pretty wild. That's a great idea. Yeah.
1: And then we've we've also had... um, So we're entering a new decade and what we've been doing has been two historical albums, one personal album, two historical albums, and next is gonna be one personal album. So we'd like to follow that template of doing two topics that are related to each other, because Napoleon and Frederick the Great were from a similar time period. Uh, the First Crusade and the Byzantine Crusade. I don't know if <laughs> it, it, it was sort of a prototype for the Crusades, but they're related, and uh, so it's like if we're going to do a personal album next, then moving forward, keeping that um, template, that that pattern going, would we want to keep doing historical stuff, or this might be an opportunity with a new decade to do something else? Um, and there's been some ideas kicked around with that. I forgot your original question. I just kind of went on a rant there.
2: <laughs> I, I, it was just basically, are you going to? I think I was getting oh, back to yeah. saying, are you keep doing historical? Or what kind of? I was basically going to ask you what kind of uh, topics were you going to get into, which you did answer already. Yeah. So kind of went. Uh, you get, I thought it was really cool that you said you were going to do the American West. That's pretty. That's pretty sweet, man. I would love I, to. I think that's a great idea. If you
1: guys want a uh, man, I just watched Three Ten to Yuma with uh, oh, uh, great movie. Russell Crowe oh, yeah. and uh, yeah. Christian Bale. That movie was so good. But there's yeah, also I think it's a remake. Yeah, yeah, it is. But then there's also a, a movie that I champion that came out relatively recently I think it's by Craig Zoller it's called Bone Tomahawk and it's got
2: oh, I've heard of it.
1: It's really good. It's got Kurt Russell and it's got Night Owl from uh, the Watchmen and <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be It's a it's really good a movie. movie. Yeah. It's like a western uh, yeah. horror movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people it's I don't know if I would say it's got cult classic I guess it's a little bigger than that. But I've, I've, you see it on the internet all the time, talked about it with reverence. So you're like, I got I to gotta check that out.
1: Yeah. It's a very well written movie. Sorry, I got us way off track there, but I love movies. Yeah, man, that's all good. <laughs>
2: that's
0: fine. That's what this format is for, man. That's just let people listen, and they, they already love you. They want to hear what you have to say, what you're watching, what you're thinking, all that stuff. There you go. Phil, you got, any, anything else on your mind? I don't want to cut you short. No, no. Yeah, man, you're good. I, I, I asked my big
2: question, uh, you know, about historical topics. Well, well what so, you, when you guys were just
0: dis- when you guys yeah. were discussing that, I was thinking if you ever want to go and become a doom band, you could write a song about what it would be like to be a peasant in the Byzantine Empire because that would be a shit draw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great doom metal. Topic, just every you know, so, every tr- nine tracks of life sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've been conscripted. Right. I've had to give everything in taxes. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know how
0: to read or write. I have no vertical opportunity for growth. I don't even really understand if I could conceive of that idea. I just wait to die in my 30s. End of album. <laughs> so what's so you guys got this on the on the, you know, the the burner here. Your album is kind of working its way. We all, you know us, we're the insatiable public. We love let there be nothing. When do we expect? Do we have a date of when we're going to get the next album? Um, what I can say
1: is that we are due to turn in the next album December 31st, 2021. So I would say expect it first or second quarter of 2022.
0: Got it. So we have some and time to wait. There's,
1: Yeah. So take 2021 off uh, as far as new Judicator material goes. And I've got a sneeze. god bless you god God bless you you. (laughs) so yeah 2022 expect a new really good
0: album very cool very cool we look forward to it man big time and uh i thank you so much for being on is there anything that you want our listeners to know as we kind of wind down here anything about the album about the band any of your bandmates any message anything that you want to share as we kind of wind down
1: Um, just thank you guys so much for the support. Not only you guys, but everybody listening, uh, for supporting Judicator and you guys. And we are, as I said before, we're flabbergasted and really, uh, really humbled at the positive reception for Let There Be Nothing. And, uh, we're going to see some really interesting and paradigm changing, uh, moves coming up here in the sort of near future for Judicator. And it's going to be a really interesting new decade. And we're really looking forward to what everybody in the band is going to uh, to bring to the table and do. And
0: uh, we just thank everybody for sticking with Judicator for eight years now. Holy crap. Right, I know. <laughs> I, I, I can't say if I remember it exactly right, but I want to say that... Uh, Tony shared with us that he and I were at the same show seeing Blind Guardian in, at the State Theater in in St. Petersburg, Florida, like eight or nine years ago. And I'm almost positive he said that's where you and he crossed paths. I can't remember if that was where you and he met up or if it was just a show he happened to be at that I was also at. But I thought that was very fascinating that we were at, a, at yeah. the same show 10 years ago.
1: Tony and I met 10 years ago. We met 10 years ago. 2010 Sacred Songs and Worlds Divine Tour, I think, of Blind Guardian, and we met in Tempe, Arizona. There you go. And then two years later, we released King of Rome.
0: Beautiful, man. good, Incredible stuff. We're so proud of you guys. Thank you for being a, you know, one of our friends here through this podcast. It's been an awesome opportunity. Do you want any of these listeners of ours to go to any particular place? Do you guys do more updating on your Facebook, or do you do more through the website? Do you have a membership list? Like, Where's the best if somebody wants to go and... Show their support to you guys online. How do they do that?
1: Um, I would say check us out on Facebook. Just look up Judicator. Simple enough. But uh, also, if you go to judicatormetal.bandcamp.com or just look us up on Bandcamp, uh, you can find our merch store. And if you buy a shirt, if you buy some stickers, if you buy some albums, that's all going to be instrumental in helping us continue to do what we do. Um, a t-shirt here, some stickers there, an album, you know, that really actually does make a direct uh, impact on us as far as enabling us to continue doing what we do. So I would say follow us on Facebook and buy a shirt. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Easy enough. Christmas is coming up, brother. People need band yeah. camp shirts. Hell yeah. There you go. Awesome. Well, uh, well, we'll wrap it up with my favorite song of all time from you guys, which is Life Support. And, uh, hey. One of my all-time favorites. So I'm going to turn this up as we fade out. John, thank you so much, man. God bless you and the band, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Yes, thank you.